Welcome back to the Andrew Curtis Show. Always a pleasure to have you with me. Thanks for choosing to spend the next 40, 50 minutes or so listening to a conversation with this week's guest who I was thinking about how best to introduce her. Um, now, I've known Kat Howe for um, a few years now. In fact, when I first met her, we talk about this a little bit in the in the podcast itself, but uh, she was seven months pregnant um, and yet just about to launch um, a new business in the realm of um, Facebook social media marketing. Um, and I thought, this is a cool lady. <laughs> and um, I'm very privileged to count her as a friend as well. And something else that's always inspired me is when you can track somebody's journey, see how they've learned and how their um, you know, their mindsets have developed over time into the point where Kat's at now, where she has um, not just one, but two thriving businesses in the world of social media. So there was a couple of things I wanted to talk with her about today. Um, one of them was that business journey. Another one was just the presence of social media, how it's developing and what it's doing in our lives. So um, I caught up with her about a week or so ago and this was the conversation that followed. Here we are in a gloomy, what are we today, Wednesday afternoon in Takapuna, but in the world of the internet, the sun never stops shining. Um, and uh, this is what I've learned from Kat Howell, who I am very privileged to be with in her um, very cool little office uh, in Takapuna right now. Thanks for being here, Kat. Well, thanks thank for having you. me, in fact, really. <laughs> Andrew, it's awesome to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me on your podcast, yeah. Well, I, I was really inspired by, by how your business has grown because, I mean, I met you a few years back and um, being involved in the digital marketing space as I was back then and um, you were looking to do uh, similar but different things with developing a, a social media business. Um, and I'm actually really glad I've been able to keep a, an eye on what you've been doing through following you on Facebook as well because it's been really inspiring for me to see how that's grown for you. So there's kind of two things for me. One of them is this kind of business journey that you've been on, which is really cool. And then another part of it is looking at Facebook and how that's developed into a thing as well. So which one do you want to start on? Growing a business or how Facebook took over the world? Wow. Okay. Diving right in. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, I appreciate appreciate that, Andrew. Uh, uh, So yeah, I mean, I can start where it started for me and then how I've sort of leveraged Facebook in my own businesses and Mm -hmm. where I see it sort of going in terms of strategically for businesses. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, So first, for for me anyways, I I started, I was never someone that was sort of selling lemonade on the side of the street or anything like that. I think I was surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs at a a young stage of my life around sort of 20 years old and uh, that sort of sparked something in me where I realized a lot of you know these these people are, are doing this they're mm. growing these businesses they're investing in these things surely it can't be that hard because what kind of work were you doing at the time when you were around those people oh so I was a marketing manager at that time okay. and I actually was the marketing manager for Takapuna surprisingly okay. yeah right. <laughs> so it's like a full, full circle loop. all right full loop. an yeah. eight loop Sorry, yeah, I couldn't resist. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tone says it wasn't that great, but that's fine. Okay, so tell me more. Yep. So uh, I was surrounded by all these uh, successful investors and entrepreneurs, and I started to get really hungry for something. Okay. And I launched my business when I was about, I must say, seven months pregnant. So the agency, wow. which was really not that great timing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's ever perfect timing yeah. in, in your life to jump off a ledge or do mm. anything uh, that is going to put you in a state of discomfort and challenge you and create new circuits in your mind or anything like that. Yeah. So I launched my agency when I was about seven months pregnant. 
and uh, I had a real struggle growing this business. I didn't understand the mechanics behind building a team, uh, sure. landing clients, any of that stuff. It's uh, I had, I have a business degree mm-hmm. uh, from university, but mm-hmm. uh, they don't really teach you the sort of technical side yeah. of actually succeeding in business. So, what were some of the first things you started to realize were missing from the formal education? I mean, I think the first, very first thing I realized was I didn't know how to incorporate a business. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of like business 101, you know, Uh, where I I hadn't even been taught how to even incorporate or create a website, Mm. which certainly in this day and age, uh, at least for the next sort of two, three years, websites are still a very critical part of a marketing strategy. Mm. Uh, and I didn't know how to even create one, how to even set up a domain or what was involved behind that process. So mm. it, was, it was a really big learning curve trying to figure everything out on my own. Um, and essentially after about and you were sort of part of this journey because we were in a shared space yeah. together. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you saw me trying to scale at one stage. I had my team. Mm. Um, and I think you saw that twice, like where I tried to scale and then it just wasn't working. Mm. So I was relying on sort of bank loans or I was like funding myself going yeah. like, yeah, this is it. This must be how <laughs> businesses grow. They just it's like a chicken and egg. I'm going to get the team and the team will attract the business and the revenue will come in. And I just couldn't crack that sort of um, system behind how to actually grow a a business properly. Certainly Mm. an agency, every business is different, but for an agency and a service sector style business. And it wasn't until I started to tap into mentors um, that I started to uh, grow both personally as well as professionally Mm. where I started to tap into or surround myself by people that were uh, doing that or were where I wanted to be that I started to normalize that as a reality I started to normalize uh, attracting great clients and um and and tapping into mentors for the tactical side of things the systems and all that yeah and so that was uh maybe less than a year and a half ago when i actually sort of quote unquote cracked that for my business yeah and uh since then since i've tapped into that sort of resource of mentorship and 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 uh support or masterminds you know mastering Mm. your mind uh i've my business has just taken off so it's been pretty incredible and through that uh, Facebook has been at the crux of it all so I've literally built my business on Facebook yeah uh, we're a Facebook ads agency mm-hmm. my second business teaches Facebook ad marketers and mm-hmm. agency owners so everything has been around Facebook and Facebook ads uh, it's an incredible platform and I'm very appreciative of it and mm. it's uh, grown quite a bit and I think it's uh, it's definitely what we're seeing now anyways, is just the beginning. And I'm not just saying really? that. Yeah. Because it kind of feels like it's so ubiquitous already that to say, oh no, this is just the beginning. Yeah, tell me more about that. Where do you, where do you see it maybe going? Well, so uh, Oculus Rift and AI and all right. of these things that they're investing heavily uh-huh. into is, um, 
I mean, that's probably about two, three years down the line from now. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a, a really big game changer in the way that we interact. If you look at what's probably coming out in the next year alone, you're probably looking at payments being mm -hmm. normalized on Facebook where mm -hmm. you're paying for things through through Facebook. Like Facebook account or something like that? Or, or events, you're, if yeah. you're going out to dinner with a bunch of friends oh, and really? uh, you have to each chip in 20 bucks, you'll be uh -huh. able to just pay your mates through Messenger. So that's yeah. already that's already in the States, available in the States. Really? So payment gateways. <laughs> so Facebook is just... Um, continuing to infiltrate uh, into our lives and, and permeate into our lives and businesses are starting to realize the amount of engagement and um, attention that this platform has and starting to really shift on it so I think we're only seeing the beginning yeah I think the only platform that could really take Facebook head-on at this stage would be something like Amazon. Okay. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but we we're we're speculating, right? Yeah, sure. We are definitely speculating. We don't know where it's <laughs> going to go. Yeah. But uh, my opinion of it, anyways, is that it's just this is just the beginning of what we're about to see with Facebook. Yeah. Because it's kind of its own ecosystem now. You know, like it's it's having so much kind of added to it that it's it's like you know you can almost talk about the you know talk about the internet or you can talk about social media, and then you can talk about Facebook as though it's almost like it's its own kind of world now. Um, mm. That's kind of been my perspective on it anyway. I mean, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely it's funny because uh, I was having this conversation today with my my team and we were we we'd listened to a TED talk about how the algorithms are starting to shape sure. and shift our realities as yeah. humans psychologically uh -huh. and so you have all these different platforms that are trying to build different UX user experiences to mm. um, increase Now if you've ever wondered what the sound of hardware dying sounds like that's it. That's that sound. Um, I had a few challenges with this kind of stuff lately, haven't I? Anyway, hardware decided to act up, um, had to reset a few things, but we got the conversation back underway. Uh, so here's part two. All right, so we're back. Um, technical difficulties. Thank you for waiting. Um, so while we were kind of waiting to get this back underway, Kate, you started to tell me about this podcast you're starting up. So um, I figured I'd just leap straight over what we were talking about before <laughs> and get into that, and then we'll go back to other Facebooky stuff in a moment. So tell me about that. Where did that idea come from? Um, basically, it's my own sort of curiosity, and I, I, I guess I'm kind of a creator at heart. Uh -huh. I, I need to constantly be creating things, and I'm very curious, and pretty much every single human being on this planet has that as well. It's mm. what makes us different uh, from animals, is we have curiosity. Yeah. Um, so essentially, one of the things that I get really curious about is when I get introduced to certain themes that seem to conflict other themes uh, and in this instance for uh, specifically what I'm relating to is in the business world there's a lot of mentors or a lot of quotes or a lot of um, best practices that a lot of entrepreneurs are told to adhere to or told to follow like push through persevere mm. uh, if it feels uncomfortable do that so you hear a lot of that but then on the flip side of that you have uh, neuroscientists for example um, that are telling you, well, that's normal, right? When you do something uncomfortable, your body is trying to put you back into a state of uh, habit, yeah. uh, of safety, and you will feel these moments of discomfort where your body is telling you this is not right. 
Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you have others that would say, if it doesn't feel right, you're on the wrong path. Yeah. Or it, you know, to be successful should feel good. It should feel like you're in what we call flow, hmm. right? So you have these this other train of thought where they talk about flow and ease and success being sort of an abundance that you receive and you you fall into naturally. Um, and so when you encounter moments of discomfort, how do you know the, that it's fear? Right. It's your body going panic mode. Uh-huh. Let's bring you back to survival, safe, safety net of what you know, day-to-day stuff. Or how do you know it's uh, a sign or a hunch or a gut feeling mm. that this isn't right? Like, mm. this is not the right path for you. You need to pivot. You need to go down a different road. Such a good question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of what I am very, very curious about. And I, I have every, ev- almost every single motto out there has a conflicting <laughs> train of so thought true. to it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so I'm, I... When I was getting started out as an entrepreneur and I had a mentor and I was so lucky to have these guys in my life, like they were incredible Mm. um, and they literally changed my my personal and professional and business. But one of the things that my mentor would keep telling to me is act like you already have it, like act. And this goes back to the Napoleon Hill days where Napoleon and Think and Grow Rich talks about, well, you need to act because if you can fool your body uh, into that train of thought, your conscious mind will follow that as well and you reprogram your thinking and whatever you think becomes your reality. So, uh, So they would say like act, okay, that sounds great, but then at what stage do you act? Okay, so if I'm acting like a millionaire, I'm gonna buy business class tickets. Yeah, right. But if I'm not a millionaire yet, <laughs> like what? <laughs> how much? I'm gonna pay act? for it on my economy class salary. Right. So yeah, where's right. like the line of irresponsible success? I love that. Like yeah. irresponsibility mm. uh, in terms of where, like yes, I want to act, I want to put it out there, I'm driven, like I'm ready to receive it. Mm. But then is there a line where it's like no, that actually is bad financially? Yeah, sure. Um, um, you shouldn't do that. You, it, where's that sort of line? So everything I've encountered in business, I've always kind of uh, taken it on board and been really excited about it. But by the same token, there's always been like another aspect where I go, yeah, but, you know, yeah. but what if I do this and how come this? So mm. that's sort of what I'm really fascinated about is like looking at uh is there even a, a right or wrong answer or how mm. do you answer that? You know, what are the sort of stories behind yeah. that? Yeah. I love yeah. that. I, I mean, yeah. I think in, in my learning as well, um, I mean, there's so much I could talk about to that. That's so good. Um, I mean, for me, I think, yeah, curiosity is the mother of all of all learning. It's it's just, I was, it's actually interesting. I was talking to some people, you know, through my other work, um, training and that kind of stuff and saying to them that, you know, for a lot of people, uh, the stats are something like upwards of 50% of people who once they've finished high school never read another book again for the rest of their life. Mm. Um, and I was sitting there with this group and I was saying, yeah, no, that sounds about right for us. Um, but saying to them, well, you know, what was your experience of learning like? And most of them will tell you they didn't have a good time. They had mm. a negative experience of it. And so just to awaken their curiosity again and say, yeah, well, what is it that you're just interested in? What do you like? And they're going, oh, I'm, you're like, there's one group I was talking to and somebody said, oh, I really like sharks. I was like, all right, party on, get something about sharks. Like, yeah. But that's amazing what that can awaken when you start to just pay attention to what you're curious about. Yeah, it's it's 
It's fun. Well, so that opens up like a whole can of worms because yeah. like that's the schooling system. Yeah. Uh, so and that tends to uh, have one set of rules that will work for a specific personality type. True. Uh, but not so much for everyone, especially tactile learners. Mm. So. Um, How do you do at school? I I dropped out when I was fourteen, so I didn't 14? even finish no way. school. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I I later on did what we call a GED. GED yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I later on went to university, but I dropped out when I was fourteen. I didn't like school at all. School wasn't great for me at all. So. Uh, yeah, for those of you, if there's any young <laughs> listeners on here, I'm not advocating dropping out of school, but certainly, uh, it's not the end of the world. And, yeah. Um, I'm. I have conflicted views around the schooling system. I think uh, the guy, the founder of Khan Academy, I don't know if you've heard of him. No. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's, uh, if you have a chance to check him out on YouTube, mm -hmm. he teaches everything from neurophysics to biology to astrology to mathematics to investment to business mm. but the style in which he teaches is uh like for me i don't get numbers i don't get math uh -huh. but i list i watch one of his videos and i will be able to divide like massive fractions after a five minute video okay because of the style but he does a ted talk where he discusses you know the issue with the schooling system and it's interesting because I couldn't agree more. What he says in there is you have this system where we're grading children and uh, as long as they get above like 70% or 60% or sure. whatever, they get to go to the next level. Mm. When the reality is, well, there was about 70 or 40% of the content they didn't actually understand because they sure. didn't get that. Mm -hmm. So it's not, uh, it, it's kind of flawed system where we just build upon uh, misunderstandings or things that they're not comfortable with 100%. Yeah. So it's if you think about it, if you were taking a driver's test mm -hmm. um, and you could turn right, but you couldn't turn left, <laughs> like your driver's yeah. thing is they're yeah. not going to give you a license. You, yeah, know? you sure. sort of need to know how to turn left and right before you yeah. can uh, get that li driver's license. So it's yeah. the same sort of premise. and. Uh, it's it's anyways. That's a whole nother yeah. can of worms around. But yes, curiosity. It's um, every single one of us has it. I think if you look at small children, for example, mm. curiosity and perseverance. Yeah, we are all uh, very persistent human beings, and uh, we are born that way. Because if you look at kids, and I have two young kids, I mean, it takes a kid about three years and they just bumble through life before they can even speak, like two, you know, two <laughs> That's years. That's such a good point. Uh, yeah. About a year and a half before they can even walk or a year. Right, and they, right. they don't try to walk once or twice, fall down sure. and then think and then that's go, it. Screw it, that's Someone it, I'm going to roll everywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they just keep going and yeah. they, they're so persistent. Yet as adults, if we don't get a result like within the week or yeah. within a year, we're like, screw this. But you look or at it's a sign I'm not supposed to do it or yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really cool insight. Yeah, but I it's like funny that. because kids, like, it, t it literally took us, like, two years to learn how to talk and almost yeah. a full six months to even learn how to lift our own fat heads up. You know, <laughs> yeah, so right. It's like things don't necessarily happen yeah. that quickly, but we are persistent, however, through our upbringing, mm. um, through these... Uh, I don't want to swear on your podcast. Yeah, that's but, right. Well, yeah. So uh, maybe that's a good thing. Like, you know, you, you um, 
you uh, attract the right people that are not offended <laughs> by people. But you know, through these bullshit stories that yeah. we're raised with uh, yeah. when we're we're growing up around uh, statistics and failure rates and da da da, that keep us uh, in a state of constant fear to do anything with our lives mm. and to experience or allow our curious selves to express who we really are we're fearful of that because of these social constructs that we're living by uh, around marriage around business yeah. around uh, schooling around mm. uh, friendships all of this stuff so uh, but if you strip all of that back as uh, we are almost perfect humans we're spiritual beings and we're perfect as we are and we're very freaking persistent yeah and if you unleashed all of that uh, it's amazing what people can do when you like hone those barriers down mm. yeah <laughs> I love that observation about persistence actually because when you said it um, I had a I could feel in myself that kind of resistance to go hang in a minute I know some people who aren't persistent and blah 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 but you made a great point I mean everybody starts life from a persistent kind of place um, and it's just at some point that we've I guess lost the truth of that right and and but it's not to say so there's different also there's different personalities so some yeah. people are leaders uh -huh. and some people are what we call followers and uh -huh. uh, that word sounds bad and I yeah. I don't really like it's not really intended in a bad way because you need both sure right you still need yeah. both yeah uh, and that's okay, but certainly there's are a lot of people that don't have drive or they mm. lack ambition or they've sort of uh, been uh, doing what they're doing for so long that their mental circuits are just and that's the reality that you know they have and there's mm. nothing else out there but I mean at its truest form we're all born in that way so yeah I mean it's it's an interesting thing for sure and uh, every time you try to do something outside of that you're um, when you when you try to break a habit when you try to create a new behavior when you try to push yourself into something that uh, your brain hasn't quite comprehended what the potential outcome might be mm. uh, you're 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 going to try to revert back to those feelings of right. survival of comfort and sure. you're gonna feel the things like hey you know mm. this isn't right and all of that stuff so that's normal but pushing through that is what's important yeah yeah so yeah. how much of this did you know as you know 14 year old cat leaving school and saying screw this i'm doing anything oh, else none of it yeah absolutely none of it no i was uh yeah i was a horrible teenager and <laughs> <laughs> i mean but you're I, so nice now yeah right right um so you say yeah um none of it no and and in fact i didn't really realize any of this until about a year and a half ago and in fact if you had if my future, if myself now was sitting in front of my myself three years ago, I sure. would have been saying, "You're full of shit." Like, really? okay, okay, airy fairy, you know, really well done, little you know, hippie. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, what made you more, I guess, open to this kind of, um, under, you know, this kind of understanding then? Philosophy and yeah, yeah. well, it, yeah. I mean, what it was was I invested a lot of money into a mentor, uh -huh. uh, like in the tens of thousands of dollars. Okay. And um, when you financially commit at that level, sure. unless you're very rich, yeah, uh, right. it's a very big commitment. And yeah. I, I went into, I maxed out my credit cards to do that. Okay. And I didn't even tell my husband I was doing that. <laughs> so I put myself in a really, really uh, kind of like burnt plan B's, you know? Yeah, right. Burnt plan B, and I invested in this, and I was like, I'm in. 
Yeah. And he started to tell me, Kat, I need you to write down your goals. I need you to read them every day. I need you to, and he started giving me strategies as well as the systems. Uh, and because I had financially committed so much, sure. I was like, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do, regardless of what I believe. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of the saving grace. The saving grace was that I paid so much sure. because I feel like if I'd only paid a hundred bucks, I'd have been like, okay, whatever, you right. know, that's cute. Yeah. It works for some people, not for me, but I'm a, I know it to be true now because, uh, in the space of a year and a half, I went from having to max out credit cards to literally running. Uh, I mean, I've got a team here of about 10 people in the agency and I've got mm. another international team of about 10 people. Mm. So uh, it, for me, uh, I have seen it in action. Mm. And the biggest shift was that awareness of I can actually program my own reality by the way that I think. Mm. Um, and I've seen other people do that. So uh, it's, it's, and, but I didn't invent this. Like this is stuff yeah. that Napoleon Hill and yeah. Carnegie, like Bob Proctor, all of these guys talk sure. about. Um, it, it's nothing new. It's just like, I didn't believe it before. And yeah. I guess it was out of context. And it wasn't yeah. until I fully financially committed to something and then mm. realized they were getting me to do that. And then I saw, wow, this mm. stuff actually works. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember yeah. finding it kind of jarring for myself when I started to, same kind of thing, understand yeah. how deeply um, our thinking really does construct our reality around us. Because we do live under a pretty powerful illusion that says that it is the things that have happened to me um, that have made me how I am and look, I can't change those things. Um, and so to start to see that it's my own thinking that reinforces that, um, I can understand now, again, looking back at myself from a few years ago too, why I would reject that. Because, I mean, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to yeah. hear that I'm doing this to myself. Um, yeah. Was there a particular moment that you had that was kind of like that as well, where you just went like, crap, I've lived this way for this long, and it's because I've done it on my own terms? Um, I Well, so investing in that mentor was probably yeah. the, the pivot, like yeah. the pivotal moment. I think the moment to make the decision to invest in, in the mentor was probably uh, probably a very common one for a lot of entrepreneurs is when you quote unquote hit rock bottom, Yeah. where you are literally in a stage where the pain that you're in mm. uh, is at a stage where you basically are like, okay, I've tried to figure this out on my own for yeah. three plus years. Uh, this isn't working. Mm. Uh, I could spend the next three plus years trying to figure it out, investing mm. all my money, going into more debt with the bank, or I could just ask somebody that has done it and ask them to show me how to do it. Um, and you know what's funny is like now I look at that and it makes so much sense. Yeah. And, but and also like you think about it like professional athletes would never dream about hitting the Olympics without yeah, coaches. Without coaching, yeah. But it's so funny in the business world we have this thing where it's like we have to hustle and we we gotta grind yeah. and we gotta do it on our own yeah. and we gotta like figure this out on our own. It makes absolutely zero sense. Like why don't you just ask somebody? Yeah. Ask somebody that's done it. You don't even have to pay them. Like you could find lots of free mentors out mm. there. You can broker great relationships. You can go to masterminds. You can go to events. 
connect with those types of people, but why don't you just ask someone that's where you want to be and say, hey, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, and you would be surprised at how obliging people are um, mm, yeah, in helping you. So uh, that in itself is interesting that we, we, we feel as entrepreneurs, new business owners, startups, that we sort of have to do this grind hustle on our own. Mm. And possibly there's a fear involved that if I do ask, I'm going to get rejected. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to ask somebody and they're going to say, who are, who are you? Like, right. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's possibly that element of fear. Yeah. Uh, but if they say no, I mean, you're in the same position. Right. You haven't gained anything. You haven't lost anything. So that's we need to get over <laughs> that as well, right? Well, yeah. It's the myth of the, the self-made man or woman, right? Right. right. That, that says, hey, look, I want to be the guy or the girl who gets there and says, yeah, I did it all on my own. Yeah. The, the craziest thing for me with that is that it's kind of impossible. Like, no matter how, you know, if you look back far enough with any of us, I mean, like you even mentioned, if you go back to even when you were a child, at the very least, somebody looked after you for the first, you know, 10 or up to you, maybe 14 years of your life before you decided to go off and do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's impossible to be a self made person. Um, but I don't know, maybe there's something really alluring about that that says, yeah, I didn't need anybody. I didn't rely on anybody else. Um, that was probably one of the most valuable lessons I'd learned, actually, was, was that programming you can have that says, it's all up to me, it's all up to me. And it is as deep as going, what if it wasn't all up to me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then just kind of the world opens up, like you say, mentors and, and other experiences and learning that you can get. It's very uh, difficult to see outside of your own... <clears throat> perspective or outside of your own frame of mind yeah. so sometimes when you're facing problems it can literally feel like the end of the world it can feel like sure. you're against a rock in a hard place it can feel like there's no solutions uh, one of the biggest things I've learned through Facebook advertising uh, is that 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 phenomenon is actually a normal occurrence, right? Okay. You're Tell so involved more. in something that yeah. you don't see the grammar mistake or you right, don't see right, the spelling right. mistake. Sure. So you even have that with emails, right? You're, yeah. you're writing something and you reread it, but you don't pick up on mm. uh, those spelling mistakes because it makes sense in your head. You're so involved with it. You cannot see outside of your frame of perspective. So having, at the very least, if you don't tap into mentors, having a mastermind, uh, a group of individuals that you aspire to, that mm. stretch you, mm. will uh, allow you to gain other perspectives, mm. which oftentimes will solve those problems like twice as fast as you ever would. Sure. Uh, those people have been there, they know the situation, they can mm. tell you. And not only that, but it will also normalize uh, success, it will normalize wealth, it will normalize whatever sure. contextual situation that you're aspiring to uh, by surrounding yourself by people like that. So mm. uh, that is also a known phenomenon, right? You are yeah. the five, you are That's the sum of the five people you hang around the most with. So yeah. be very, very careful about who you allow energetically to come into your space and you allow yourself to give attention to mm. Uh, because you will normalize that. So yep. if you are around people that constantly complain, life is hard, sure. the government is against me, the government's <laughs> doing this, yeah. or everything is everyone else's fault, you will normalize that, and that will yeah. be your reality, uh, and you will fall into those circuits of being a victim as well. Mm. So be very, very protective of that space that you hold and mm. who you allow to hold attention for you yeah yeah it's actually it's interesting you say that even for myself too like in the last few years with um 
just different things I've been involved with as well, realizing that one of the best things that I can do is to break out of the network that I'm most familiar with. And I mean, I know a lot of great people, so this is not a negative judgment on, if I know you, by the way, love you. <laughs> um, if I don't know you, well, give me time. Um, but yeah, to suddenly go, well, if I really do want to have a different approach to uh, you know, the life that I live, it's gonna have to be around people that I don't currently hang out with. Mm. Where are these people? <laughs> you know, like where do I where do I find these people? And I mean, and like in your case, um, just deciding it was as far as going. Well, look, I'm gonna get myself a mentor, and that's gonna kind of forcibly pull me out of this this bubble. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, one of the uh, interviews that I did was actually exploring masterminds because uh, it's it is it is kind of like where do I find them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, some of them are very mysterious or very especially as you get up and up. They're uh-huh. very you don't even hear about them. They don't even make any sure. news or media or anything. But there's some very powerful masterminds up there where these guys are making guys and girls are making. Mm. Uh, decisions that implicate the entire world but if we're looking more on a granular level as an entrepreneur um, you kind you could wonder where do I find those and it could be as simple as a meetup yeah it could be as simple as uh, going on Facebook groups so connecting mm. uh, with people in Facebook groups uh, and asking mm. like there's no harm in asking people that are in the same space as you that you're seeing um, achieving success like where what are you part of you know what mm. masterminds are you part of? And even people that you may aspire to, a lot of them may have their own masterminds. But locally, there typically are business network opportunities, um, mm. those types of, of meetups. What I would say is you kind of want to be in a mastermind where you are the dumbest person. Yeah. Like ideally, yeah. if you feel smarter than everyone else in the room, you're in the wrong mastermind. Yeah. You want to be in a mastermind where you feel so stupid, where you feel like, <laughs> oh my God, I have so far to go. Yeah. Um, and then once you once you outgrow that, then you shift masterminds. It's yeah. normal to outgrow masterminds. but. Right. Um, yeah, so it's it is an interesting thing, but uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's very very powerful. The the power of mastering your mind, the mastermind. It's uh yeah yeah. It was created. It, it was sort of uh, not created, but it was Andrew Carnegie that yeah. sort of coined the mastermind. And uh, if you look at his success, Henry Ford, all of those guys, mm. uh, it's incredible what is possible when you connect yourself with like minded individuals. Yeah yeah. And you probably find pretty much 90% of highly successful individuals are connected to a mastermind in some shape or another. Yeah. So when we mapped it out on the interview, it was kind of like, it kind of looked like this big incestuous circle of like, <laughs> well, this guy came out of here and this girl came out of this mastermind sure. and then she created this person and this person right. created this mastermind. And there was like one or two outliers that hadn't been, but they were the exceptions. Mm. Uh, most of the very successful people uh, were connected um, uh, your network, right? And pro- mm. probably that's why we hear that a lot growing up. It's your connections, mm. your network, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily the connection, the network. It's the energy of normalizing that as a reality yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. The insights, yeah. the strategies. That's the real power. Yeah. Wow. So was that, I mean, you mentioned kind of on a business level, you've got with, you know, your business being around Facebook ads and then training people how to, in, in that environment as well. But this this masterminding thing as well, I mean, definitely sounds like it's captivated you too. So do you see a future for yourself with developing that sort of thing for yourself as well? 
I mean, I, I have masterminds. I run yeah. my own masterminds okay. and yeah. I am part of masterminds as well. Okay. And I will always be a part of a mastermind. Absolutely. Um, I don't typically uh, engage in masterminds that are necessarily um, in the same industry because it okay. can sometimes be a bit of an echo chamber. Right. But uh, for example, there's a couple events coming up later this year. Um, and you have like some people that built Fortune 500 companies mm. and a totally irrelevant industry has nothing to do with what I'm doing. But I reckon just by hanging out with him, rubbing his shoulder <laughs> a little bit, like yeah. I'm gonna be able to suck up some yeah. of that, like, <laughs> some of that energy, that mindset that he's got, and yeah. uh, being around like if you're around a 25 year old that's made a hundred million dollars, like come right. on, like right. what is that gonna do to your perspective of life, right? Yeah. yeah. If that doesn't light a fire under you I don't know what will like mm. that is just uh, it it just shows you because when you talk to those people you realize um, they're just like me like, mm. there's nothing really that they're not Albert Einstein or anything like that necessarily so yeah. uh, it's start you, you normalize it yeah, yeah I can't say it in a better way other than that yeah no I like that it, it's it's to me it's it's like they've just discovered and, and internalized one or two truths that maybe I haven't um, and it seems to be the thing that makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, that, because yeah, I was kind of playing with this thought and I don't have a full answer for it yet either. So, you know, we'll just talk and see where this goes. Yeah. But, you know, when you observe certain people and I remember at some stages of my life looking and thinking, man, it feels like certain people live their life with different rules than everybody else. Yeah. You know, like they approach things and it just seems to be like, man, if I tried to do that, it wouldn't work. Or if I tried this, but they seem to be, I don't know, experiencing life on a different kind of level. Um, and so for me to start to observe how much of that really is just a, a reflection of, of their thinking about a few different little things um, that has made all the difference. Um, sometimes it just comes down to little things like abundance versus scarcity. Uh, you know, some people go through yeah. their life bringing, believing that everything is scarce and we're running out. Um, and others say, well, no, actually there's opportunity around and if you look for it, you'll find it. And both get the result that they're expecting. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, this is where I was getting at. Your thoughts are mm. your reality. So mm. your reality, uh, and again, I didn't invent this. No. This is stuff by Dr. Joe Depenza, but your reality is made up of, it's a construct of uh, the way you feel, the way you act, yeah. um, and the way you think. Mm. And that's uh, your personality. Yeah. And your personality is your personal reality. Mm. And the way that you think affects the way you behave the way you behave will affect the experiences that you have in life and the experiences that you have in life is going to affect your feelings, sure. the way you feel about things. Yeah. So if you constantly behave the same way, you're constantly going to get the same experiences, you're constantly going to feel the same way. Mm. And after a certain amount of time, you repeat this process so much that your body gets into what we call habit. Mm. It takes over. It's kind of like when you're driving to work. Yeah. Um, your mind isn't really driving you to work. Your body <laughs> yeah, sure. knows the route so well yeah. that you kind of zone out or yeah. you're listening to podcasts. or you're, you're, sure. you're, you're, It's the same thing when you go to log in on the bank. Mm. You can't remember your bank number, but mm. as soon as you get in front of the screen, your body will remember it. So sure. It's ingrained your in your body. Do the talking. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happens in life is most people repeat this process so much yeah. that it becomes a habit, it becomes a circuit, mm. and they get stuck in it. So they become known as like, 
like, oh, this person's really bitter, or this person's really downy debber, or this person's really lazy, yeah. or this person, because they're just stuck repeating the same behavior. As soon as you change your thinking, mm. uh, there is no other option but to uh, change your thinking and your actions, and mm. that's why they say act like you have it. Right. All of a sudden, you're breaking the circuit, and that's mm. where the feelings of discomfort come in because your mm. body goes abort mission what is this i don't know this yeah. put it back to what we know uh but as soon as you uh do this you're you're essentially reprogramming your circuits which will result in different experiences which will result in the different feelings that you have so um, the easiest way to achieve this, I mean, if you're an advocate of this, if you believe in this, uh, what they will typically say, and again, I didn't invent this, is instead of trying to have experiences in life that are going to make you feel a certain way, mm -hmm. why don't you just feel that way first? Mm -hmm. Because that will ultimately reprogram the way that you think about things, which will give you, like, and then at that stage, there is no other option for you to have those experiences. Sure. Those experiences will ultimately, obviously, come to you. So um, on a practical level, though, how do you do that? For people who are listening and wondering, how do I... Yeah, so that's meditation. Okay. So, uh, and there's different tactics that you can use here, but probably the biggest thing is uh, meditation mm -hmm. and uh, actively forcing yourself to... Um, so like 90% of the thoughts that you have today mm -hmm. are the same thoughts you had yesterday. Right. So the beauty of meditation is if you can sit with yourself and let the body rest, like mm -hmm. let the body just shut down and actively recreate the feelings of I am wealthy or mm. I have, like what would it feel like to be the boss of people? What mm. would it feel like to have your own team? Mm. What, what do you think you would feel if you f flew first class somewhere? Mm. How do you think you would feel if you could provide for your family? Mm. How do you think you would feel if you could donate $50,000 to your favorite charity or whatever it is that drives you or your why? What is the feeling that you're chasing in life? Because we're not chasing money, we're chasing experiences mm. uh, because we want feelings. We want right. the feelings that those experiences are getting. Money is just a tool to get that. We don't actually care about money. Yeah. We care about the feelings that they give us, it gives us. Sure. So if you can just create that feeling um, synthetically, mm -hmm. you might call it inside of your body, yeah. uh, what you will then do is trick your body and your mind to essentially recircuit the program that you're in, yeah. and those experiences are uh, ultimately um, inevitable. They're mm. going to come into your life. So you spend time with yourself every day replicating those feelings. Mm. Obviously, that alone is not going to make you a millionaire. You can't just <laughs> meditate the shit yeah. into a millionaire. You need to go into action. Sure. So that's why the body needs to follow action, yeah. the yeah. behaviors you take. But if you can replicate that desire, and there's mm. a lot of things that go in that as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think what's powerful in that too is just the idea of actively taking a moment to even when you talk about how much we kind of go, do go through autopilot, you know, and like you say, 90% of the thoughts, I love that. It's probably even higher really for, you know, yeah. um, any given day. Um, but to even take a moment and actually be aware of what you're thinking, mm. you know, like I think, <laughs> I think, um, but we do take a lot of that stuff for granted. And even just to see, I mean, when you were saying that too, I was thinking, you know, I, I, I could see how the moment you start to think of yourself in a different light, the resistance that could come up in your own mind as well, mm. that says, well, I've, you know, I've, I've never done this before. Of course, yeah, it's going to happen. It's just practice, though. You just 
practice, you practice, and it's like a habit. It's、mm. like how you drive to work. You at first you don't really know how to do it. At first your body doesn't know how to do it, but、mm. if you do it enough, it's going to become a circuit. So、yeah. you just keep practicing.、Uh, one of the tools that I use that was really really good is this.、Uh, it's called it's a it's called Muse. It's a、uh-huh. brain sensing device. Okay. So it reads your your theta and your beta、mm-hmm. brain waves, and、mm-hmm. it、uh, tells you you control the environment. So、mm-hmm. you. Connect it to an app, and you can hear waves and stuff.、Okay. And if you're if you're not in a state of、um, calmness, the environment is really agitated. So you、right. control it with your mind, and that was、uh, that really helped me because I hated meditation. I hated sitting there by myself. Sure.、Uh, but the the reality is like the if you could program your reality with just fifteen to twenty minutes a day. Yeah. Like if you knew that if you spent twenty minutes a day creating a reality or a future for yourself,、mm. is that not a good investment? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you just keep doing it, and at first it's gonna feel uncomfortable. It's gonna be boring, probably.、Uh, it should feel fun though, if you're simulating those feelings of wealth, success, or whatever experience you want. Sure. And if、uh, if you're just consistent with that, and you put the body into action as well,、mm. uh, the experience is ultimately. Inevitable. Cool. Inevitable. Inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, in our last couple of minutes,、um, what's next for you then? What's the the next big opportunity experience where、uh, you know where are you looking to go either with Eight Loop or just the next stage for you? I mean,、uh, I I I you know what? I don't have a definite sort of like this is my game plan. This is what I'm after. But what I do know is that I want to. I want to help as many people. I want to create experiences for myself where、mm-hmm. I can, you know,、uh, have my family. For me, freedom, anyways, personally, is the ability to drop everything I'm doing,、yeah. to get on a plane with my family, to fly first class or business class、mm-hmm. anywhere in the world,、mm-hmm. and to travel. That to me. Is my definition of freedom, and I think as entrepreneurs, we're all after sort of freedom, and that has different definitions.、Uh, so for me, and what it tactically looks like in terms of what specific business actually doesn't really matter. I、yeah. know my why, and I know what I'm striving for, and opportunities that come for me, I will take them. I will grow. If Facebook is around in three years, it is. If、mm-hmm. it's not, it's not. I'll be doing something else. But I know what my definition of freedom is. I know what I'm striving for personally. The actual businesses, the actual、um, products, or anything like that doesn't matter.、Mm. None of that actually matters.、Uh, so what that looks like, I don't know. What my personal goals are? Well, my personal goals is to have freedom and to also help other people find that as well for themselves. Yeah. So that's Cat Howell, everybody, and、uh, I think you can see now too why her journey was inspiring for me. Because whenever a person is able to、uh, look at themselves,、um, understand their own thinking that might be holding them back, and then actually go on that journey to develop themselves and face those things head on,、um, it's an inspiring story. And the outcome of where her business is at now and where she's looking to go with things.、Um, Yeah, that's exactly what I'm about. So、um, I'm really grateful to Cat spending that time with me there.、Um, if you do want to get in touch with Cat as well, remember Eight Loop Social is the name of her business. So you can、uh, look up Eight Loop via Google. You'll track him down, no worries at all. But she's also very active on Facebook too. So、um, check out Eight Loop there as well. That's me. Andrew Curtis Show, the Andrew Curtis Show at gmail.com. If you've got any thoughts or comments you want to send through to me,、um, we'll be back again next week. Don't-